Welcome to the Protoss Podcast. Today's date is Friday the 30th of April and you are listening to a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the past week reported by us. On Monday, we reported that last year, at least seven and a half times more crypto was seized by authorities in the Netherlands than in 2019. Up to $9.9 million worth of cryptocurrency was reclaimed in 2020, compared to $1.3 million the previous year, with prosecutors pinning the blame on a prolific increase in the types of crypto-related crimes. This increase also reflects an across-the-board spike in funds confiscated from Dutch criminals. In total, $366 million in illicit cash and crypto was reclaimed last year, roughly $54 million more than 2019. Most of the confiscated funds were returned to victims and $222 million was reclaimed on behalf of foreign countries. Dutch police have said that the rise is likely due to the disposal of funds becoming more difficult in the midst of a global pandemic. Specifically, gangs have been unable to stash stolen money in the usual heavily cash-reliant companies such as cafes, bars and laundrettes. However, despite these big numbers, criminal activity still only makes up a small percentage of the crypto economy and has actually fallen over the past year. But as previously mentioned, it's not all good news as the types of criminal activity that involve digital currencies continues to grow. The self-proclaimed techno-king Elon Musk was involved in a Twitter spat this week after he was accused of pumping Bitcoin before selling it off and making a killing. Musk was accused by Barstool Sports founder Dave Portnoy of using his sizeable Twitter following to inflate Bitcoin's price. But Musk wasn't taking that and was quick to point out that he hadn't sold any of his own Bitcoin. Instead, Tesla had simply offloaded 10% of its holdings as disclosed in its latest earnings release. Musk claimed Tesla did this to demonstrate Bitcoin's liquidity and its ability to be more than traditional currency. However, Portnoy wasn't best pleased and continued to poke the clearly rattled Musk with an admittedly excellent gif of a dog attacking a lettuce alongside the line, quote, I'm holding 100% of my Bitcoin. Portnoy did eventually have a change of heart, though, and attempted to calm things down. He insisted he and Musk had not been fighting and that as an owner of one Bitcoin, it's his duty to defend against all lettuce-handed threats, no matter big or small. Musk has spoken about Bitcoin's liquidity before, once branding it, quote, a less dumb form of liquidity than cash and calling it, quote, almost as bullshit as fiat. But despite his initial reservations, Musk has done pretty well out of his Bitcoin investment. The company posted record earnings in its most recent quarter with $101 million of its overall $438 million net income due to the positive impact from selling Bitcoin. Coinbase has hit back at what it calls, quote, numerous pieces of misinformation spread about our investor and executive stock sales, end quote, following its direct Nasdaq listing earlier this month. The exchange went public in a blaze of publicity on April 14th, but soon rumours suggested senior execs and early investors had offloaded vast amounts of stock, in some cases all of their shares. Despite the fact that these claims were shot down by pundits and industry experts, almost immediately Coinbase still saw the need to clarify things further with its own lengthy blog post. 
And it took particular exception to a, quote, erroneous chart shared on Twitter that claimed various senior execs sold between 63 and 100% of their shares. Among them, CEO Brian Armstrong, who it said dumped 71% of his total shares. Not content with calling the charts creators on their bullshit, Coinbase went on to post the correct numbers, which showed Armstrong actually sold less than 2% of his stock. The blog also said that the incorrect info was likely a result of people misunderstanding how direct stock listings work. There were also claims that the company used the direct listing as a get-rich scheme rather than to bolster its operation. But this was quickly brushed aside too. Quote, indirect listings, there are no new shares offered, wrote Coinbase. Existing shareholders need to sell portions of their total holdings to create a market, particularly in the first days of trading, as was the case here, they wrote. Instead, Coinbase says insiders sold stock to create liquidity, understood to be code for insiders needed to sell their stock and people wanted to buy it. Quote, this is different from IPOs, where new shares are offered as part of the listing, so investors and executives are not relied upon to sell any shares to create supply for new investors. End quote. This week on Protoss.com, we updated you on the ongoing Thodex case, specifically that the brother and sister of exchange founder Faith Farouk Oza have been detained. The pair, along with several others, are in custody at the reported direction of Istanbul's chief prosecutor. Demiran News Agency suggested that the arrests took place in Albania, where Oza is supposedly hiding after allegedly defrauding 390,000 users. However, in a confusing turn of events, Turkey's state-run Andalou agency reported that police apprehended Gokan Oza in Pendik, Turkey. Gokan's his brother, by the way. Andalou Agency also reported the arrests of two Albanian nationals who are accused of helping Oza with one of the detained Albanian nationals allegedly meeting Oza at the airport and helping him to hide from police. Just a short time after Thodex went offline, two other cryptocurrency exchanges blocked users from accessing their accounts. Local media then reported the arrests of VBitcoin chief exec Ilka Bas and three associates accused of fraud. And earlier this month, the Turkish government moved to stop businesses handling crypto altogether. The ban is due to come into effect on Thursday. As a result, Binance's Turkish arm notified users they can no longer use payment services Papara and Iniel to transfer money in and out of their trading accounts. Former Turkish MP Akan Erdemir argued that the sudden ruling triggered a bank run on local cryptocurrency exchanges, which then triggered the string of apparent exit scams. In any case, a clearer picture of the regulatory framework has since emerged. A senior official told Bloomberg that the government now plans a central custodian bank for digital assets in order to mitigate risks. Authorities are also pondering a capital threshold for exchanges and education requirements for executives at such firms, said the source, who reportedly noted that the plans are yet to be finalised. And that's your lot. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode, but we do realise that there's only so much we can cover in under 10 minutes. So if you want more of the stories that matter, then you need to get yourself to protoss.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Protoss podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or any other major podcast provider for more weekly roundups. We're back next week. See you then. <laughs>